Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> How do you like that production value That's there? It's amazing. Guys. The yeah. eye roll that you're hearing, <laughs> if you could hear the eye roll through sound, would be the eye roll of one... Steve, don't call me Steve, Dave Davis. Stephen F. Davis. Hello. How's uh, it going? This is awesome, man. I'm loving LA right now. Uh, yeah, so you're in town from the lovely state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The yeah, nutmeg state. Old. We're old friends. And actually, there's no, there's no uh, internet footprint of our old podcast anymore, we unfortunately. Lost it, all, yeah. it was pre-Google Drive days, but... We were on a podcast called Popcast that was a fun pop culture race, and you were the producer. Shout out to Lindy. So you can recognize some real production value when you hear it. <laughs> oh, this is like professional. Thank um, you. We are not going to do a regular episode. Of no, Clarity so Q. you don't have a Netflix queue. I legitimately don't. Like I, I've always just been bumming up other people's Netflixes, and mm. I just set up my own place recently and signed up on my own, and... Just haven't started to accumulate that. But so. we didn't want to deprive our audience of your wit and charm. <laughs> so we wanted to have you on the show, and we're going to start off... Should we, say, should we say what we're going to call what we're calling these sort of vignette episodes? Yeah. Well, if, if this turns into a thing, we'll call it Q&A. And if it doesn't, we'll just call it... Stephen Davis. The Stephen Davis <laughs> Happy Hour. Los Angeles. But if we do call it Q&A, it'll be Q, Q-U-E-U-E. Yeah. And this is a chance for us, since we don't have a queue to go through, what we do have are some emails and various odds and ends that we want to talk about and get your input on. I love spinoffs. Like, I've just always wanted to create a spinoff of something. Like, you, I've, I've already pitched ideas <laughs> to you. It's true, and I've knocked them down. <laughs> but it might happen. You can't have a spinoff. You're like, what are you, three episodes in? Four episodes I in? I just love spinoffs. Like, I love the idea of, like, I'm infatuated with having such a, a good amount of success that you just have to parlay more of it off. Like... It's no, fun. I'm with you, but it's like you planned the spinoff before you even did your podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Accurate. In baseball, they say to visualize line drive, so I just visualize spinoffs. All right. I like that. Off the bat. All right, well, you seem excited about this bag, so <laughs> I know you've listened to the, the show Holy before, so mm. what you see floating towards you yes. is the actual plastic bag from the movie American Beauty. This is like the real... Thing. That's it the real doesn't, one. It doesn't. It won't biodegrade for another ten thousand years. So we've <laughs> so got we're gonna it. keep using it and finding new ways to introduce it. It does say the very best on it. Well, it is the very best. And what you can do right now is reach in there and grab a little slip of paper that's inside. On and standard then, episodes of Clearing the Queue, this is the foreplay round. But uh, and just grab one slip of paper. There's more than one. Nope. There's a, there's slips of paper in there. He was miming it as if there weren't any, but there are some. There we mm. go. And uh, read that this for is our the listeners. tiniest piece of paper. By Thank you. This is like smaller than a fortune cookie. Name a movie you thought you were going to hate, but ended up liking. 
Mm. Oh boy. I can I can tell you what mine was while you try to yeah, think of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna need a moment for that. Um, hands down, I was supposed to go see The Emperor's New Groove in the theater with my cousins <laughs> who were like eight or nine at the time, uh-huh. and I love animation, so I was pretty excited to see a new Disney animated movie. And it was a rainy day in Massachusetts, and every, like it was an influx of people at the movie theater on a Saturday. Couldn't see it. We ended up having to see Miss Congeniality, and I was so <laughs> mad, first of all, that like I just didn't want to see Miss Congeniality. Yeah. It just, like, I had no interest in it. It looked like the stupidest thing in the world, and god damn it, that movie won me over. In my seat. Like, in my seat. I was, like, actively trying to dislike it, uh-huh. and Sandra Bullock charmed me too much. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious that you said that, because the first movie that came to mind for me is kind of, kind of in that vein. Not Sandra the Bullock. The blind side. <laughs> but. <sighs> A chick flick. See, first of all, I'm the type of person I take forever to pick something to watch. Like, if it's, like, movie mm-hmm. night with Steve, you're going to hate it because I'm going to take forever to pick a movie. So I generally... If I think I'm going to hate something, I'm not going to watch it. If it's because you don't have a cue, it's your own goddamn fault. Right. So <laughs> the last time a movie was semi-forced on me was the movie that has... Like, I honestly forgot the title. <laughs> it's the one where the woman pays, like, thousands of dollars to hire the male... Escort to go to England with her and Deuce go to Bigelow, a wedding. Deuce Bigelow, male no, it has uh, the girl that plays um, like the redhead from Amy Adams, uh, like Will and Grace, right? Isn't it? Um, Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing, and the dude is. Uh, we gotta look this up. I don't know what, any Dermot, Deborah... Dermot Mulroney. Is that his name? So it's Dermot Mulroney. That's a guy. Um, it's like ten years old. And it's like a total chick flick. Oh, to accompany where, her to like a wedding? Yes. Like she doesn't have a boyfriend. I've seen that. And she, she has an ex that she thinks yeah. she wants to get back with. So she pays this guy to go with her. Right. Is this like a role that Julia Roberts like just passed on yes. the like, script like, and they mm-hmm. just found the next and best? So did Hugh Grant. Like this is the lamest oh. premise for a movie. <laughs> okay, it's called, it's called The Wedding Date. The Wedding Date. That's the movie. Very 2004. Nice. So, I mean, <laughs> that plot is couldn't be less interesting to me. Right. So. I'm, yeah, I thought I was going to hate that. But then I was like, dude, this... First of all, Dermot Mulroney's character, is, like, his lines are amazing. Is he English or not? I don't even know who... I can't even picture that. You know that guy. Oh, he was in um, He was in My Best Friend's Wedding. He was uh, the, the yeah, one he, that... He always plays those. He exclusively does wedding movies. <laughs> he was... Julia Roberts was pining for him. He was, he was the titular yes, best yes, friend. Yes. Uh, here's the plot, just to see how good you were. With the wedding of her younger sister, fast approaching... Oh, Amy Adams was in this. There yes, was two yes. redheads. Cat. She was the sister, and it turned out she slept with the guy that... Her ex, like Deborah Messing's ex. Uh, with the wedding of her younger sister, fast approaching, Cat faces the undesirable prospect of traveling alone to London for the ceremony. Oh, God, who wants to do that? Right. It's like an animated cat? Mm, no, K-A-T. While this is bad enough, Jeffrey, the man who left her as they moved closer to marriage, happens to be the groom's best man. Determined to show everyone, most of all Jeffrey, that her romantic life is as full and thrilling as ever, Cat <laughs> hires a charming male escort as her date. That'd be Dermot Mulrooney. That's great. Go. So, I mean... Good answer. Would never watch that, but I was entertained. It was very light and, I don't know, just... It worked for me. You're such a like a glasses half empty kind of guy. It's yeah. so <laughs> This is the surprising. last movie you would ever expect. <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. On one day the champagne glass the champagne glass was half full on that one fateful night. <laughs> it was just, it was nice. a good it was a pretty the good champagne script. flute. Was Do you have an full. answer? Nothing comes to mind although when you said cousins 
I went when I was in Mexico in like 2007, I think. Uh, I was visiting my little cousins. They were all they're all like much younger, 10, 15 cousins years. Cousins are always supposed to be young. We went to see Ghost Rider. Uh-huh. And like the in Nick Mexico, Cage one? like yeah. yeah. It had like a a, a Spanish subtitle. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, which is not a movie that I probably would have chosen to see, but they were all going to see As it. As you're wearing a Deadpool t-shirt. That's true. I'm I'm firmly in the Deadpool camp <laughs> of the great Ghost Rider Deadpool rivalry. But, you know, yeah, that was back when those movies were bad. And um, so I went to see it with them in Spanish. And I loved it. It was great. It was so fun. How much was the Spanish a factor in the enjoyment? Probably like 80 to 90%. <laughs> I was going to say Nick Cage with like yeah. some hilarious Spanish accent. I th- it was also one of those theaters where you would like get food and drinks like served yes. to you. There needs um, to be more of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, take a look. Grab another one out there. We're, yeah, we got we're on a roll. Let's do one more question. All right. Musicals or horror movies? All right. That is so easy. I hate musicals with a passion. So There's not a single, a single musical that you've enjoyed? I mean, yeah, there has to be. It's just, it's, I don't know if it was that my mom was involved with musical theater when I was growing up and like, that for, has to be it. Forced right? it on me. <laughs> I consider myself something of a psychotherapist. That's it. Like, That's I, I would be just hanging out in the theater at the, you know. Simsbury Theater Guild, a local production of whatever, listening to Green Day, you know, and then as I got older, she's like, oh, you should audition, you know, you should, you should, you know, learn the Aladdin soundtrack and go and sing that. And so that probably has something to do with it. You you're like, you're yeah. like, Green Day would never do a musical. <laughs> when you're- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> would you see that? Would you see American Idiot? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge fan of their whole thing. Or Book definitely. of Mormon? Haven't seen it, but yeah. See, that's the thing. Mom. There's certain things that I know if it's in that vein where I know I can connect with the writing and stuff, I would do it. But just in general, I actually also love horror, so mm. that's so that's yeah. an easy one for you. Yeah, like horror what, movies. Have are... you seen anything recently? You go just deep? Do you are you like a? Um, I saw the wor- like one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life is The Forest. Okay, that is like the worst movie. Don't mm. see it. It is terrible. Um, really good horror movies of the last few years. Yeah, like the new school. Um, it's not really new school, but I, The Conjuring is awesome. I just love that. It's more old school, but I just really like the way that was done. Um, Isn't there one, a movie about like the hauntings in Connecticut? Probably. Like Emily Rose or something like that? I thought maybe you'd be, have a special affinity to it being that you're all... <laughs> from Connecticut. Yeah, do you seek out Connecticut-themed art <laughs> yeah. in general? <laughs> there actually are. There's a couple of... Like seemingly terrible horror movies that are, you know, like the tr- it's like a, the third movie in a series and it's specifically based in Connecticut because there's a lot of creepy shit that's happened in New England apparently, but no, that would. Um, if you're wondering, Ghost Rider in Spanish is El Vengador Fantasmo. Yeah, Fantasma. <laughs> Fantasma. El Ven- that, I remember Fantasma. The Phantasm Rider. That's yeah. like the literal, the writing Phantasm. It's I for anybody out there thinking about watching that movie, do it in Spanish. It's better. Is that on Netflix? Can you just hit the yeah. CC button? SAP? Yeah, there's, Maybe. yeah, Spanish has got to be on there. What does the AP in SAP stand for? Alex Popkin. <laughs> Spanish Alex Popkin. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro Popkin. We've gotten some emails. Mm-hmm. and um, This is what we're planning on doing in lieu of you, Sans. So instead Kia. of going through your queue, we're going to read some emails that we've gotten and get you to weigh in on them. How's that sound? Thank you, everybody who listened and took the time to write in. Admittedly, most of you are our friends, yep. but 
these are still nonetheless. Some of you were more than friends. Some of you were family. Some of you were lovers. That's not as good a transition to what I'm about to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the first email that we got was from Dan. And it says, here's a riddle. If Izzy has 15 bunches of bananas and each has four bananas, except the first bunch only has three, how many bananas does he have? In episode two of Clearing the Queue, Izzy posed these same numbers while discussing how many Simpsons DVDs he owns. And yet the hosts of this podcast said that he that meant he had 57 DVDs. This loyal listener would like to point out that would be 59 bananas and 59 Simpsons DVDs. Your brother so would be the smartass caller <laughs> to like a sports radio show that it's very fitting of him to write a very snarky. It, it is. A snarky yet very accurate. <laughs> I don't know I, how I did that math wrong. I did 15 times 4 and I got to 60 and then I just subtracted 3 for those 3 DVDs instead of subtracting 1 for the one missing DVD. So thanks for writing in. Steve, any uh, comments? Care to weigh in? That's a pretty straightforward one, Matt. <laughs> it is. <laughs> How many DVDs, do, Simpsons DVDs do you have? That's a big fat zero, man. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. How many bananas do you have? 57. Why don't you have a DVD player? Because you use Netflix now? I, I do have an older MacBook Pro. That's pretty much the last DVD thing that I that I had, but yeah, no. What do you, who watches DVDs, man? <laughs> um, all right. We've also gotten some feedback on certain terminology. Uh, our friend Doug had a suggestion for, we've been trying to figure out what the word is for when a movie has the title of that movie in the movie. Like in nine to five, they say nine to five in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but in primer, they never say primer in the movie. By the way, remember when we had a quick, we were in our podcast, we were talking about what primer meant as a title? Yeah. And going back, I think it's like because that movie requires a primer on all sorts of like time travel bullshit knowledge. Like you need a primer to, to understand watch the, the movie? timeline. Like, I thought that the primer was the little headset. They're giving themselves a primer. They're giving oh, their future self or their I like past that better self than a mine. primer. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is good. Yeah. Um, so Doug suggested the meta moment when a film becomes self-aware and references its own title. How do you feel about the meta moment? Cause you've had some moment. strong opinions about certain, uh, phrases Which we've we'll used on the to. show before. Dickhead. Ah, <laughs> uh, meta moment. Um, I feel like that depends on the type of movie maybe, because if they reference the title of the movie in the movie, mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of. Like if Vin Diesel's like, man, we're so fast and furious right now. Yeah, it like takes you out of the movie. You know what I mean? It makes you right. think about why, you know, like, oh, what's the significance of this? Like, why is that right. the title, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean. But like, for instance, in a movie like Ghostbusters, they're going to say Ghostbusters in the movie. Right. But uh, it's we, not... said, we said this one about like uh, the uh, Cider House rules. Was that were actually a thing? <laughs> right. Like, hey, Toby, hey. these are the Cider House rules. <laughs> Learn them. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with that term. All right. Like, well, like speaking of things that you do have a problem with, <laughs> yeah, uh, I <laughs> you, you wrote a, you wrote in, and Alex has actually. We have a recording that I'd like to play for you. Mm, yeah. This recording is of Alex reading your texts <laughs> about 
the term box out, which was the female version of the term cock block. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to hear Alex read through this text exchange you had, and then I'd like to give you a chance to defend yourself. This is so not So fair. <laughs> here it is. So my friend Steve Dave listens, immediately writes back, and he says, and I'm going to do my best impression of him. Yeah. Uh, and I have to go with clam jam as more of an accurate analogy to cock block. Clam jam. Okay. That's great. So many things to talk about. I immediately (laughs) fire back with him. I said, how is that a more accurate analogy? He said, it's more accurate. Uh To box out, really, to box out is to literally gain position. Yeah. In basketball, anyway, is a positional term to get a... keep somebody from getting somewhere else. Right. And a a clam jam is just, I said, sounds like a pussy traffic jam. That will get sorted out eventually. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Eventually, yeah. they will get there. Right. It's just got to be sorted it's out. Be slow. Yeah. That's to me a jam. Right. <laughs> a box has an offensive and actual maneuver with a clear goal in mind. Right. And uh, I said intent is the key. And then he writes back, "Well, <laughs> I can do this twice again. <laughs> well, cock is a slang term for male genitalia that is also an animal." Just like a clam. And in the same way that a cock can be blocked from penetrating, a clam can be jammed in order to prevent penetration. It's more of a one-to-one. I think you just like basketball too much. (laughs) These are the insights I could bring to your podcast. All right. So let's hear some of those insights. Okay, first of all, your impression is so far off. Like, well, the first one that was just littered with like, I, I, like, I like, I I think I of my think tone of my as being tone super sarcastic, sarcastic, but I am being really serious. So yeah, but like any great impression, you have to throw a little caricature <laughs> in. Am I, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> I really like that movie with Deborah Messing. <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I said my piece pretty much, but I just think <laughs> that's true. Clam jam just works for me. It's like it, clam, cock, block, you know, like literally, like it's like just putting you something like the, in. Uh, phonetical or it's the a literal uh, translation. The, uh, yeah, it just seems more one to one. Like box out to me, it's just because you like basketball. That's the only reason you I just could like. Say. Rhyme. You have a love for rhyme. The rhyming helps definitely. I didn't even put that. That's a reason it rhymes. It's definitely. That's a factor. But uh, I don't know. I just like Clam Jam. We'll let the, the listeners decide uh, yeah, this one. Yeah, we should have like a poll or something. Can you do an impression of me? Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> What's the next email we have? Um, okay. We got... We... <laughs> let me rephrase. I made a very bold statement on a recent episode where I said that Citizen Kane was super boring. And bad. <laughs> you know, it's true, and it has a place in life, but let's hear what. <clears throat> keep, keep going. It has a place. Okay, so, but what we said was if you love Citizen Kane, write us in and, and sell it. Tell us why it's good. So, <laughs> a listener named Trevor wrote in. In full disclosure, this is our friend Trevor. He wrote in the title is I'll Bet You Five You're Not Alive If You Don't Know His Name. 
I don't know if don't that's know a reference from means. the movie or something. Okay, he says, CTQ, I'm writing to defend what many film aficionados consider the greatest movie of all time. And then in parentheses, feel free to add echo effects for emphasis. Yeah, Citizen Kane is old and in black and white and some parts are slow. But beyond being a pretty good story, this movie broke ground by establishing many modern cinematographic... Cinematographic? <laughs> cinematographic? What would you say cinematic? Thank you. Cinematic themes and styles. <laughs> the nonlinear storytelling we love in Pulp Fiction, the crazy camera moves we see in The Matrix, and the attention to detail we find in the Coen Brothers films, to name a few. Back then, Orson Welles had the talent and drive of J.J. Abrams, and this was his masterpiece. As a fellow child of the early 80s, I'd argue that we grew up in a sort of pop culture echo generation, where many of our first exposures to cultural norms came in the form of parodies, homages, and tributes. I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. I saw The Good Feathers on Animaniacs before I saw The Good Fellas. <laughs> and like you, I saw Mr. Burns' quest to find Bobo on The Simpsons before I saw Citizen Kane. Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Great song, but isn't it more enjoyable after hearing the original sample, I Wish, by Stevie Wonder? Your whole life you've been hearing the echoes, why not hear the source? You might not love Citizen Kane when you watch it, but it'll put you in a better position to analyze and critique modern cinema. So put it on your cues, get some bananas, and give it a shot. Sincerely, Magnolia Fan at MoviePoopShoot.com. <laughs> that is a it's great a, message. It's a great defense, too. Yeah, it's really... He, you know, me I mean, thank you, Trev. Yeah. Magnol- I mean, Magnolia fan for writing yeah. that in. Because, you know, in jest, I mean, we were definitely having some fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, essentially it's just a matter of like, <coughs> right? Like the cotton gin, no one's arguing that the cotton gin isn't a great invention. Right. But we wouldn't sit here today and be as fascinated with its mechanics and ins and outs. Yeah. No offense, Eli Whitney. Yeah. Who didn't invent it at all. But anyway... <laughs> oh boy! Here we go. All Buckle right. up, guys. <laughs> he made he made minor tweaks and then rushed to the patent office. But I totally agree with what you're saying. It totally applies. Hold on, it's true. Tell us more. No, it's basically it's like any invention where a lot of people have similar ideas at the same mm. time. It slowly develops over time, and the guy who makes something that he can get a patent on tends to get more credit than. All right, so what we're saying is the official clearing the Q stance is, fuck you, Eli Whitney. (laughs) I know. And if we have any Eli Whitney fans out there that want to write in and defend him, clearing the Q at gmail.com. The analogy is really good as far as what I was thinking of was beer. I know this is random, but it's like people forget the role that a certain thing played for the time that it was developed. So like some classic IPA that was this most super hoppy, bold thing 20 years ago that has consistently remained a popular beer but has basically kept the same recipe nowadays people are coming out with stuff that if you do a side-by-side people are gonna go like why the heck does this thing have such a good reputation it's because it like paved the way and created a genre and things like that where you can't just a b it now 20 years later it's like if you watch you know so if you you watch this and came next to any other movie that is probably more geared toward our right. modern It's like playing the Sugar Hill Gang versus someone that likes Kanye right. West. So you have to put it, like, you have to recognize the role it played yeah. in its you know, place and time and yeah. the influence it's had and all that. And it's hard to quantify that, but I, I can understand what he's saying. It's easy to forget. Do you apologize, Mr. Bogdano? I still haven't seen it, so I should 
Yeah, I'd like you to see it. I, I, I should watch it as an adult. But I, again, I was 17 and I was watching it for a homework assignment. And yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I have, I have no response to him. He's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't want to see it again, but he's right. Um, we, got, we got one other thing from Doug. He's got a tagline for our show. He thinks our show's tagline should be, it's like book club for the lazy. Mm. That's a good one. Someone said, if you like having a conversation with Matt and Alex, you'll like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was very apt. Yep. Um, all right. So I think the last thing on the agenda is Alex has been, you've been mm-hmm. teasing this, I don't know if it's a game or well, some sort of, you have an idea. It's a li- it, ultimately, it's a, it's a list. One of the things that I love most is when you see that colon at the end of a sequel. Oh, yeah. And followed by just some glorious subtitle. And, you know, I, I really put some thought into this, and I, I wanted to make a definitive list of the, my favorites. Like, yeah. the most influential ones, maybe just the, like, sort of the worst ones. Right. It's totally subjective, but each one on here has a place. I wanted to kind of go through and explain yeah. them to you. So I started with five, and I had to go back and just keep adding because there are too many. I couldn't leave any. I first started, you know, obviously I had to come up with some criteria. I, I really reward ones that have double entendres. Yes. Because, like, if you put the time and thought to, to sort of just give it that little extra. Yeah. Because, you know, it's going to alienate. Some people won't even get it. But most people right. will. Um, I said, I gave a lot of points to, to movies that were very cringeworthy. So if you, if you read the subtitle and kind of groaned to uh-huh. yourself, that yeah. made it I don't know if you guys have seen Portlandia. Yeah. There's an episode where they play this startup called Punslingers, and they come up with names of shops, like stores, that have puns in them. Like, uh, we have, like, like, a coffee shop in Hollywood called Rise and Grind, and, like, that's a good one. It's not as groan-worthy. Yeah. But, yeah. They well, also 9021 foe. Is yeah, probably that's, the best. oh, that's really grown worthy. <laughs> that's really grown worthy. But like, and they would say they like that's how they would test out their metrics. They like they would give them an example, and then they go, uh, oh yeah, that's great, that's perfect. So yeah, grown worthy is good. Dude, I think um, there's a place in Connecticut called Faux Shizzle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I make it. I, I, I make I it a puns. rule to just call it by the pun. So I call rise and grind, rise and shine to people. I said they want to go just to like subtly. Yeah undo what they're trying to do and my slant on that is i usually call that place 9021 pho exactly because pho is how you actually exactly. pronounce that and i think it's funnier to... i didn't want to be the asshole to point out something like that <laughs> eli whitney <laughs> is just giving you double middle fingers from the sky right now he you knows what he did he knows what he did the pho guys they're still cool they're still putting out a good product it can't be too on the nose. So I, I, I got rid of a lot of movies that you might think would be good, like mm-hmm. The Spy Who Shagged Me, mm-hmm. Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. It's a little too... It's just a good title. It's a good title, but like, yeah, of course they're going to use shagged instead of right. love. That's just not what I'm looking for here. All right. Um, lastly, it can't take itself too seriously unless it's a cartoon, then it's hilarious. That then does it's, take then itself it's great. seriously? Yes. Okay. Um, and an epic tagline... That is completely out of context for the quality of the movie mm-hmm. makes it even better. So with all that said, I have a bunch of honorable mentions to buzz through real quick. Okay. You know, I just mentioned um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. Yeah. They actually call it their their movie's called Aqua Teen Hunger Force Colon Movie Film for Theaters. 
That was worth mentioning because they yeah. they don't actually have a colon. They spelled out the word colon in it, <laughs> and it was hilarious. And I didn't have a way of fitting it on there. I couldn't actually justify it in yeah. there, but I had to mention it in an honorable fashion. Love it. Um, I don't know if you're aware that like they started making like direct to DVD sequels of classic Disney movies like Lion King two. Mm-hmm. Lion King two is subtitled Simba's Pride. <laughs> That's perfect. That's it's a good perfect, one. That's perfect. But and you tell me if that gets on, if that can bump any of the okay. other ones. And I also wanted to honor, honorably mention Tremors 5, is Tremors 5 Bloodlines, which I thought was also great because it's just so serious for whatever these Tremors... Like, they're trying to imply that there's some, like, dynastic, like, yeah. history through these movies when you realize it's just Tremors <laughs> and there's five of them. Here's the top ten. Here's the top ten. Um, in reverse order. Number ten... Is Miss Congeniality too? Oddly enough, <laughs> <laughs> any guesses what the subtitle was? Miss Congeniality two, armed and fabulous. Mm. Very, it's grown worthy. Mm. You don't like it? It's it's. I liked it because it's just so bad. Um, this one's really high. People might like this one. This is the first one that might come to mind for a lot of people. I put it pretty low, um, but Sister Act two, back in the habit. Which is perfect. Yes, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Back in the habit. I don't even know when I realized that habit was a thing for nuns. Like what they call it. Right. <laughs> we didn't know that when it came out, that's for sure. No, no. Um, number eight is Three Ninjas 4. Three Ninjas, it's, it's actually called just Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember the Three Ninjas? Yeah, of course. Vaguely, dude. Uh, it's great. It's just... I mean, High Noon at Mega Mountain. That's, you don't even need the Three Ninjas part. I would just go see a movie called High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> um, number seven, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. <laughs> no? Disqualify because it's too on the nose? I think that genre just doesn't work for me, but I, I like it. I see where you're going with it. Um, number five, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. That seems really on the nose. What about that one <laughs> made you put it on the list? Because it had the word quest in it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I do love the word because quest. Because I haven't seen the movie, but there's no way there was any sort of quest involved. Like, That's true. All right. That's true. Um, there's got to be a ton oh, of shit. subtitles with Well, quest. you know what? We can put Simba's Pride in at number 10 because I realize that I have Mega Mountain in here twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have Three Ninjas Mega Mountain. I have one that... Wait, well, just get, let me okay. get through it. I have one that I'm hoping is on here. Number four is Garfield 2, A Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> and Tale... Okay, that is awesome. <laughs> really good. And that's my favorite so far, hands down. Tale is spelled T-A-I-L. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect yeah. on so many yeah, levels. That's great. Um, is it better than this? Number three, Airbud Golden Receiver. <laughs> I like That's that. That's really good. That was the sequel. That was the, yeah. the actual The one sequel. where he played football instead of basketball. Die Hard 2 is my number two. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Yeah. This one sort of is different. It's it, What I love most about it is, first of all, that you can then use that for any other sequel. And it, it can be funny. And it makes any other right. potential movie sequel yep. funny. So you can do like Space Jam 2, Jam Harder. Right. You could do... <laughs> pick a movie, Steve Dave. What's that movie? The Never Messing movie? <laughs> the Wedding Date. The Wedding Date 2. Date Harder. <laughs> like, it works for every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Ride 2. Ride Harder. Ghost yeah. Rider 2. 
Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, I also I, we could do a whole tangent on all of the diehard stuff. Yeah, right. They're all amazing. Right, and they started like a kind of a trend with like these like getting a little fancy. And so num- number one, everyone at home. If you probably think I'm missing one, this is the one you think I'm missing. And this is City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> yes. It's really good. I love that it has the word legend. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. On, on that side, that's I it. Mean, that's that's it. the best one. Yeah. That belongs at the top. Uh, Are there was, any? What did? What? Which ones? I was hoping for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two Secret Ooh, of the Ooze. Yeah. I thought about that because it takes itself one. so seriously. Like guys, this is the secret of the ooze, and it uses the word ooze. <laughs> yeah. Um. How about Deuce Bigelow? Didn't he have a funny? Wasn't there a funny uh, sequel? The French Connection. I know it took place. You know, it was just called Deuce Bigelow two European Gigolo. Yeah. I guess that's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, the point is, guys, there's going to be a million out there that I haven't even thought of. Yeah. Um, please let us know if there's any that you agreed with or didn't. Top me if you can. Somebody top me. Catch me if you can, too. Catch harder. <laughs> European gigolo. <laughs> well, that's basically our show. Steve, we've got bad news for you. Yeah. You are... Zero steps closer to clearing the queue. That was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearing the queue, Facebook.com slash clearing the queue. Subscribe on iTunes? Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs>